0: That journey of really understanding your gifts is the journey that unleashes you the opportunity to start a new company.
1: Hello, everybody. My guest today is Edgar Casenene. Edgar is former Ericsson head of IoT, CEO of Retro Rabbits, and founder of IDX. Edgar speaks on purpose, on cultural transformation, values, and letting go. My name is Tony colombo and welcome to the DevBox Podcast.
0: A little bit about me. Um, I spent most of my career in the so-called ICT industry. I'll start with the professional side and just so that Mark doesn't have a go at me when he listens to the podcast that I started <laughs> introducing myself with my job, but it's what <laughs> users know. So I spent most of my career in the, in the ICT industry, um, have background in engineering, two degrees in engineering, uh, but after my first degree joined MTN for two years, That didn't last long uh, and I don't want MTN people listening to this to take it personally, (laughs) but uh, very quickly got an opportunity to do my master's, spent um, five years in the UK after that, spent one year to do my master's and four years uh, and then I got an opportunity to work with Ericsson and and basically my Ericsson 14-year journey started in the UK and it ended last year. I really appreciate that journey, learned so much, took so many roles from project management to operations to innovation to strategy, and basically shaped Edgar. Um, But the last two years in Ericsson were very tumultuous, and I started to discover myself, and I'll talk a little bit about purpose later. And, you know, much as I had so much ambition, being very honest, Tony, and, you know, with my Ericsson career, and I really thought I'd be the CEO for sub-Saharan Africa, who was on the roadmap of my career, That's brilliant. Um, it was also becoming very clear that so many things were changing. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about them in terms of industry, business models. And I really was, you know, I wanted to have that impact, but I also wanted that impact to be driven by real impact to customers and, and value we created. Uh, and I think the tension started to grow both as an individual in terms of my purpose and, you know, trying to reconcile that with Ericsson. And it became clear that my journey was a lot more my, I couldn't be caged in a big corporate, let me put it that way. And there's nothing wrong with corporates, but it also became clear that the structural setup of the modern business was sometimes limiting to guys who had so many ideas. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe we can elaborate on that because I think it's a critical part of the conversation today. So many things changed in 2018. I got an opportunity to take the CEO position of a mid sized software company in South Africa that really wanted to grow on the continent. So they asked me to come on board and help the African growth story. I'm doing that until I exit at the end of next month. Uh, And what's really exciting is that at the beginning of this year, for many reasons, I realized that I wanted to actually go on my own um, for many reasons. And part of that was because I had had some interesting discussions with a friend two years ago uh, where we had co-founded a business called IDX or an institution called IDX, mm-hmm. uh, which was at that time primarily to help businesses with digital transformation, because that was what my last two years in Ericsson were really about digital transformation. But now a little bit more holistically to just move the word digital out and talk about transformation. Because I feel like when you put the word digital, people make it a tech conversation. And right now it's more of a culture conversation. Very exciting journey for me, very close to my heart, very close to my purpose. Also very risky, (laughs) you know, and you know this because you're running your own business when you go on your own. But uh, I really believe so much in the purpose of the organization and what we can achieve Edgar, really, there is not much separation with what I do professionally, what I do personally. I am married with a son. My family is the most important thing in my life, really. That's brilliant. Uh, It's my grounding, both my family that I was born into and now my family, my wife and my son. They really are my grounding. And I think they're also my anchor. And, you know, that's why I don't mind. When I go out there, I do want to look as cool as you. I don't think I can anymore. (laughs) In the end, it's also because it doesn't really matter. I'm very privileged to have met an incredible woman who has probably shaped my life. We're completely opposite personalities. Uh, I am an extrovert who talks nonstop. and She's a very critical thinker who is incredibly intellectual, incredibly smart, (laughs) A uh, high IQ, uh, Edgar, high EQ. And so that balance is probably the better balance. Um, and a son, Israel, that, that basically is, our, is the heartbeat of our lives as well. Um, and so everything resolved around family. Fight. I mean, just on a personal note, I must say that COVID, the silver lining for me for COVID is just having to spend more time at home, getting closer to just being with the family. It's been really good. Uh, the bad part is I have to also do housework and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that's life. Uh, so my family is super central to me. Um, I'm a Christian. Uh, so my faith is also super central to me. I think none of those things are mutually exclusive. I think they all build together into a lot of my purpose and the passion I have for the stuff that I do. It's not separated from the family values I have, and it's not separated from my faith. Uh, I love sports and you know, I haven't had as much time in the last 12 months to be so close to sports. I don't want to brag, Tony, but I used to desert <laughs> Uganda in tennis. You know, oh, I've, wow. I've, I've played I've played sports at a very high level. Uh, I think this is also what makes me competitive and which has probably made my my professional career also accelerate. And I love Liverpool. Uh, I just have lost, I think the last 12 months have been super intense in terms of trying to build retro. And now obviously trying to get IDX off the ground. Um, uh, and so I've missed out on this part of my life, which is really sporty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I want to try and over the next six months get back to it. I really miss sports. By the way, you know, the worst thing about COVID is not having live sports. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I think sports, and I really like that some some countries are really trying to get sports back into the mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, because sports unifies people and it kind of distracts people. And I think as soon as we start getting live sports again, people will feel a bit of normalcy to life. We can Mm -hmm. touch a normalcy. So that's Edgar. I mean, you know, um, the the massive shift in my life probably happened three, four years ago. And Mm -hmm. I kind of don't recognize the Edgar as much uh, previous to 2017. And that's when we went on this whole journey of purpose. And I think the clarity of purpose that started to come around 2017 kind of shaped a lot of the, the really new learning in Edgar and, you know, the whole passion conversations I have, you know, with businesses, with people about transformation, about the continent. I think that purpose journey gave me clarity of core. And, you know, when I talk to businesses about transformation, when I talk to, when i have a podcasts like this, when I'm working, it's all about trying to get people to find that Their own purpose. Because that clarity is what unlocks all the ideas that you need in life.
1: All right. So let me ask you, you said um, that 2017 uh, was a pivotal time in your life where you embarked on this new mindset that you are currently in. Uh, Was there something specific that happened?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, probably from 2015 to 2018. It was one of the more challenging times of my professional life.
1: And what Uh, was happening?
0: No, it was just normal things. I mean, you know, super ambition, you know, Uh being on Ericsson's executive program, you know, but also I think also super frustration that, and I don't know how many people listen to your podcast, so I have Mm -hmm. to edit out some of my real thoughts (laughs) (laughs) because the the world might not like them. But uh, I think the the challenges of growth in a corporate environment can also be so political.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And I think it was... You know, it was really starting to tag away at my internal value system. The fact, being very transparent, that I did actually want this growth, I was super ambitious, and I still am.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I felt I wasn't ready to compromise or what was some of the, the perceived normals of guys who are really going to climb, uh, you know, play the politics, for lack of a better word. And I, and I think the politics are to intensify, as because, you know, as you grow up the ladder, the positions become fewer And I I think it started to challenge me a lot. Um, One thing I was very fortunate is that in 2017, because I was on Ericsson's executive program, they had a really amazing program called Global Perspectives. Now, Global Perspectives was much a typical executive program, it had two parts. The second part was all the fancy stuff that people know you go to the US and spend time at Boston and Harvard, visit companies, the normal stuff. But the first Mm -hmm. part is really the cool part where you you spend a week in Tanzania with an executive coach from the U.S. and the only thing you're trying to do in that week is define your individual purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you as a person? Yeah. And you're, you, we were supposed to write it in 140 characters. I don't want to, to uh, emote that week in detail because I think you can't really emote it properly. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was one of probably the most emotionally both challenging and exhilarating weeks of my life. Uh, And in summary, Richard Leider used to talk about purpose in two aspects. He said, you know, all of us at the core are driven by a purpose that is unique to us, and many people never find it. And he said that if you're struggling to find it, really start to think about your values and the things that you're passionate about. And if you fail to define your own purpose, know that purpose is in simplicity summarized as give and grow. So it's that altruistic calling to give to life more, to drive more impact in society. It's something beyond yourself, that deep desire to give back. But it's not just at the philosophical level. It's also linked very closely to give back based on the things that you're good at.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's not like everybody's going to be Nelson Mandela or the Teresa or Gandhi. But some people's purpose is the gift of soccer you know somebody's so good at football and his his gift of football is a gift to the world or you're a great artist or a great painter or you really are a great marketer or whatever the case might be it's like really finding what you really are passionate about and what you're good at and bring it to the world and i can't tell you tony you know how much my life has changed in 2017 it's been such an incredible roller coaster ride both good and bad i think it 2017 was the real struggle to letting go of the corporate journey or the ericsson journey because i won't lie to you like every normal human being my it was linking a lot of my identity to the company i worked for which mm-hmm. is normal uh, and i think that that struggle became clearer in 2017 and so part of that mental release and also just the courage to just follow my path that is also and so was easy.
1: did you leave ericsson at, at around that time in 2017
0: no i didn't but it became started to become clear that this is probably not my path uh, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. And this is, bit, it, was, it was getting over that fear. So let me not lie to you, Tony, I'm human. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you get excited, you want to do all these things, but there's so much linked to your job, not just mm-hmm. you know, the ambition and the titles that you want or you feel like you're getting closer to that CEO or VP position that you feel is going to define you. Uh, There is that aspect where you feel like, you know, society sees you because you're this big executive, you know, society gives you value because we want recognition from society, Tony, if somebody tells Mm -hmm. you otherwise, they're lying to you because they're not human. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was also the other aspect, which is also the, the most silent aspect that, you know, your, your job is your salary, <laughs> it's your mortgage, it's your yeah. bills, it's your plans. It's like, you know, it's this supposedly good income. But it's the fear of, you know, pursuing this new path mm-hmm. where you cannot define it quite clearly, but on the 25th, you know, X amount is going to come into my, my bag. There's, this, there's, this, uh, there's a comfort and security that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that reconciliation is not easy. You know, you know, many people can tell you all they want and some people are more courageous than others. But, you know, giving up that 25th paycheck, hey, that's not easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I totally can agree. And of course, I, I also took the same steps a few months ago and I just let go of all of that. And um, for me, it's not something I'd advise anybody to do without really understanding what you're doing. The lessons that I've learned is definitely you need to save, you need to, um, and, and I'm saying this maybe um, understanding, especially in Africa and in South Africa, that the economic climate is not even such that a lot of us have the luxury of being able to save away two or three months of our salary, but, yeah, you know, it does help to be in a position where you can save uh, a portion of your salary to help you through those rough times but one of the things about starting a business you have to be prepared to go an entire year without earning a salary you know so people who take that journey uh, are really brave and and i respect anybody who starts his own business because i'm now in that position and i have a good appreciation for knowing that I'm, I'm not guaranteed that salary on the 25th you know so so that's something i think that's also extraordinary that organizations do where they guarantee their employees that on a fixed date you will be paid regardless of what's happening so i, I gotta give a lot of respects to companies who are still paying their staff during covid where you practically cannot yeah. do business, you know? And so, I think, so there's a lot to it. And I think that's a, a good point. point,
0: and I think, yeah, and I think we should build on that point. So two things, I mean, I, I think it's a very important point that you make. Uh, but, so two things, I think, number one, and I didn't also just decide to start my own business, you know, the mentor release from Ericsson, and I always advise people, this also had a pragmatic journey. When I mentally released from Ericsson, I didn't quit that day. I kind of knew that even though it didn't define my journey, it was okay that I no longer needed to be the CEO or the VP of strategy to be, have an identity. It, that mm-hmm. was just the main release. Then the other part was that, okay, now let me be Edgar and yeah. see what opportunities come there whilst being pragmatic and going, doing my day job, because it was also clear that my day job, you know, it wasn't taking a lot of my brain cells. And And I think mm-hmm. like, you know, that journey, and this is where purpose comes in. And, and I, and I guess, you know, Tony, a lot of this conversation might be philosophical and not about digital transformation. That journey of really understanding your gifts, I feel, is the journey that unleashes you the opportunity to start a new company. So how, what do I mean by that? And if you are clear as a human being what your purpose is, and you can look at all the biggest companies that started, or what purpose you really want, what's your ultimate impact on our society? it becomes easier for the opportunities to align with your energy. Yeah. So you start to release an energy on the universe that will unleash, because you start to become fearless. And fearless doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're not respectful or you're telling off people. You just become more courageous in your thought process. You become more courageous in your engagements. And that energy is what attracts. And why do I stress that? I feel like if I could go back and advise guys who are in the corporate world that want to quit and want to start their own businesses, If you find the guy who has a deep clarity of purpose, there's a high probability he's gonna be successful. He just also needs to be pragmatic that that's gonna be a journey. Number two, when you talk about companies, and companies guarantee your salary on the 25th when they are creating value, when they have revenue. This is also the misconception people have, and I think we should talk about this later in the podcast, is that businesses, human beings need to start to understand that businesses don't just exist by right. They exist because they're solving problems. When your business stops solving a problem or stops adding value to society, revenue disappears, which means that they can't pay you. So your role, whilst you're still in the business, is to help your business solve problems. Don't just sit there thinking, ah, no, 25th is going to come. I can ignore that Tony guy. That customer is such an idiot. No, that customer is the guy that makes sure that your CEO or your board has money in the bank that can guarantee 25th. Because even though we say that, even though you did say that I respect companies, and I do, that are doing the hard work, there are many companies in COVID that are closing. There are many employees being laid off. Uh, And, you know, however way we look at it, the economic situation is not going to be the same. And frankly, I feel like this is a a segue into a lot of the things I want to talk about today. And a lot of my purpose and passion was linked to about the modern business in the internet era and the misconception people have about the the, the, the reality of creating value in a world where Edgar and Tony have choices. And I feel like this is at the fundamental core of the challenges in society. They were already happening before COVID. COVID pulled the trigger. But if you understand why Mark and I are passionate about the internet and the value it creates, think about any online business and think about where they are in COVID and post COVID. They're yeah. the ones thriving.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're the ones thriving. And it, for me, it's not, and I just came up with a conversation with the bank. It's not about technology. It's about behavior. What people are missing in all our desire to always make this, and sorry, Tony, I segued nicely into technology and the stuff that I am passionate about talking about, <laughs> and which is business and business models and transformation. When people are so obsessed and excited, and we've had this conversation with you to talk about, you know, I want to get into tech, I want to get into software, I want to get into AI and machine learning. What they really miss is that all those are enablers to what, Actually, Tony, once, which is a personalized experience that deeply solves a specific problem. If you start there, then the tools will help you. If you start with your desire to be a coder and have technology and build an app, you're going to be like 99% of the apps in the app store that have less than a thousand downloads. It's -hmm. not about tech. It's about value. And at the center of that, which is where I would like most of the conversation to go today, is the Internet. The internet changed everything Mm -hmm. and it continues to change everything
1: so let's talk about the internet slightly before that you touched on behavior so you say it's not really about technology but it's about behavior can you touch a little bit on what you mean by behavior
0: so so here's the thing Tony where have you spent your day today? So apart from Zoom and meeting friends and sending emails, <laughs> if I ask you to mention four or five applications you've used today, and this is not a trick question, it's just a yeah, normal yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. What, well, what, um, what applications have you used today?
1: Well, I've used WhatsApp quite a bit. Um, yeah. I've used Zoom. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. And what else did I use? And and I use my web browser. So you know, yeah. uh, a little bit on my email as well.
0: But the reason I wanted to ask you that is to give context to why I talk about behavior. And you know, yeah. you will hear Mark and I talk about what do they call them now—the Facebook, Apple, Amazon, what? Bank or whatever. Netflix, oh, yeah. Google.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but, uh-huh. but but
0: the reason I ask that question is, you just subconsciously have spent time today on the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah. And if I ask that question to 99% of South Africans, I can guarantee you of the 99% of South Africans we asked, 90% will have been on the Fang platforms in some way. Yeah, And this is, this, is, this is the thing, because those guys speak to your life. What do they mean they speak to your lives? they, first of all, the applications are simple to use and they give you some sort of value. Second of all, they, they heavily personalize the experience based on the things you do on those applications. So you might not think about it subconsciously, but I mean, consciously, but subconsciously you go back because if you use Instagram, it starts to mirror your light or whatever. WhatsApp is the rare exception because it's just a nice, simple tool. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about simplicity. But
1: yeah, it is simple, but it'll, it is also a bit complex in how it's an aggregator for your personal data i think it has our very most intimate information and it aggregates that yeah. back to facebook and instagram
0: you're and right that, yes because it know. aggregates information back to instagram and facebook so when you go into yeah. those platforms they've already used your your data in a, in a different platform to give you the experiences that speak to you 100 percent. but the <laughs> reason i ask that is that you are up every day If you're creating a business, you're up against Facebook, Google, Amazon, WhatsApp, Netflix for my time. And this Mm -hmm. is what people don't understand. And this is where I talk about it's behavioral, is that we are on these platforms subconsciously because over time through the internet, through easing our experiences, through solving our problems, they have become integral to our lives. The other day I was speaking to Mark and I came up with another phrase that the internet is now the central nervous system of our lives. If I remove those applications, your life just is not the same. Technically, if I took WhatsApp, Instagram, your browser or the internet away from you, you literally become paralyzed in modern society. You just have a nice smartphone with a camera. And I think that if you start as a business to understand behavior, you have a better possibility to have impact in my life. Because the reason I use those, and they're simple, they're simple connections to all those platforms. One, it's so easy to access them. Two, they supposedly give you value first. Three, the mo- the normal things, Tony, and these are not rocket science things, but just they're rocket science because people don't use them. Three, they use your data to basically figure out your next move and, 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 and preempt your next move or, or give you information based on what you are saying or where you are going or how you're behaving. And the last point on that is that it is hard for me as a business to succeed because they're taking almost all your day. Mm-hmm. So you technically don't have time for Edgar's new app that is on page four of your smartphone that you downloaded because Edgar is your buddy. And he said, Hey, Edgar, download this app. or Hey, Tony, download this app. Because I've started a business and what you will do because Edgar is your buddy is you're going to download it because hey, I want to support my boy. Uh, mm-hmm. And what you don't realize is subconsciously, in the first five to ten seconds of two minutes, you're going to say, "Okay, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah." Then okay, then you, then it stays on your screen. You might not even call Edgar and say, "You know what, Edgar, this actually absolutely didn't speak to me. It just stayed there because of." Uh, and you might even post on Instagram: "Hey, I just downloaded Edgar's new app. He's my boy. Support him." But you actually technically are not supporting me because the next day you're not going to go to my app. You're going to go to yeah. the same things you went to today. You're going to go to WhatsApp. You're going to go to your web browser. You're going to go to Slack. You're going to go to Facebook and Instagram. Which brings me back to behavior. In order for you to succeed in this new world, where we spend our time on these platform companies, and we'll talk about platform, you have to understand the behavior of the modern user. And you have to understand why we spend time on those platform companies. And there are a couple of substrates. I don't have all the answers yet. And maybe one day IDX will be a massive platform company. But there are a couple of substrates. Number one, If you're not on my phone, you're not in my life. You need to start to understand that, really, as a business guy. It's not Mm -hmm. personal. We could have a whole debate about, okay, but my business does this, so I don't need to be on your phone. That's another discussion. I asked you a question, and all the experiences you talked about, you can technically get on your smartphone. Number two, it's not enough to be on my phone. Once you're on my phone, is there something of deep value that you're going to give me. Before you put in there that, hey, no, Tony, pay me 50 rand a month or whatever. Before you mm-hmm. go to all, and this is what people rush to, before you go into it's like, when, when Tony opens my application, is this something of unique value I'm going to give in, my, in his life? And of course, it's unfair to say that because these WhatsApps and Facebooks have got years or not. So of course, Facebook, the unique values allows you to engage with your friends. So does WhatsApp, it allows you to communicate with everybody. Instagram allows you to share your photos. Whatever application you want to choose, Netflix allows you to whatever. But pick one some substrate of unique value that you can offer Tony. Number three. The day you launch that application and offer Tony that unique value thing is basically day one. Because what you're literally trying to do from that day is technically understand that the 10 seconds Tony was on my screen, where did he go? What part of the app did he like? What functionality did he use? What part did he comment on? And just use that to inform where your application develops. It is really as simple as those things because Tony doesn't come to your app because he consciously likes you or not. He comes to your app because subconsciously, you're A, giving him value, two, you're personalizing it to his experience. When businesses start to understand that, they're gonna have a bigger chance to be successful. Why, Tony? Because Hmm. you're a man of choice. The reason you use those four apps doesn't mean that there are not 15,000 others on your phone, or you can't download 15,000 others, it's because they speak to you. Two, the internet also made it easier for you to choose. If Edgar tells you to download this app and Edgar is not your boy, you're gonna say, okay, what does this app do? Then you'll go first thing to Google and say, yeah, you know what, can I get a better experience? Or can I do this? Why is he charging me 50 Rand? This is the realities of modern society. A, we have choice, like a lot of choice. So every Mm -hmm. time you put something in my face, I'm gonna be asking you about the deep aspect of value Two, it has to really speak to you on a personal level. And this is where where now we can talk about AI and machine learning, because it's Mm -hmm. a nice buzzword. But the reason AI and machine learning are important is that they're learning from behavior to personalize the experience. The point about AI and machine learning is just automated learning. The point Mm -hmm. of automated learning means that it's going to be easier for me to relearn what you like faster without having to ask you. You don't need it. And even from the simplest businesses, we talk to them about the fact that Tony, the thing about AI and machine learning when you don't have AI and machine learning is, is there a way to understand Tony's behavior? And that could be from the age old way of saying, let's have a survey. Tony, you came to my barbershop shop today. What did you like? Did you like the chair? Did you like how I cut it? Did you like the smell? Did you like the water? Is there anything I can do better? Am I cutting it right? Is it too loud? Do you want TV? That's AI and machine learning in the Mm -hmm. old, nonsensical, normal, modern world. It's about Mm -hmm. understanding Tony's off behavior. When we talk about offerings, it's not about technology. It's how does the offering speak to Tony? Technology allows you to do that easier. But even if you don't have tech, because Tony is already that guy in a world of choice and personalized experiences, trust me, even if you're just a corner barbershop and you ask Tony and Tony's like, yeah, I don't like your chair, it's a bit too high. The next day you adjust that chair lower, Tony's coming back because you've done what Google and WhatsApp did with AI and machine learning. It's just that, of course, you did it more consciously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You mm-hmm. basically understood Tony's behavior and adjusted according to it. The only thing the internet does is give us more choice and give us the tools to understand and adjust behavior faster. You have to do that, which will take us to the segue to later when we talk about things like agility, innovation and agility. And all those things mean that if you have any way to understand Tony's behavior and keep adjusting your experience according to it, it means you don't get obsessed with what you offered Tony yesterday. Your obsession Mm -hmm. is Tony's value, is Tony's experience. Which Mm -hmm. means that you will be willing, even though your chief strategy guy told you that all the chairs need to be five centimeters above because they did some sort of market research, you would be willing to move your chair three centimeters down because Tony likes it. That's the only thing that's important. And that's Mm -hmm. the only thing we miss, Tony, because businesses were not built around experiences. They were built around product. Mm -hmm. It is the big elephant in the room Google, Facebook, WhatsApp, all those guys you talked about, they don't care about product. They care about your experience, which means that they'll keep changing the product to mirror you. Mm -hmm. The modern company cares about their product, which means they'll bombard you with SMSs when you stop buying their product because they don't understand you didn't stop buying the product because you hate them. It stops adding value. And adding SMSs Mm -hmm. to your life makes it even more annoying.
1: Would you not say that these companies, the Googles, the Silicon Valley giants, also care about the product. The difference is that their product is dynamic. Therefore, their product has the ability to morph uh, according to the user versus uh, the the other companies whose product is static. And I'm saying that, I I was listening to a a recent interview with Elon Musk, and um, it's interesting that Elon Musk referred to the Tesla as a product. Right, you didn't refer to it yes. as a car or whatever, you refer to it as a yes. product. And if you yes. look at Tesla as a product, it does automatic software updates uh, every yes. evening when it's docked. And those yeah, software exactly. updates are not, are not because uh, some developer, and to some extent, yes, you have a developer who, who releases yeah, a, a new feature, yeah, 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 but a lot yeah. of those updates are based on the machine learning. Uh, uh, experience uh, that comes with owning a Tesla. So every single Tesla that drives Uh, actually takes in its environment all the sensors it receives all the pictures that it takes of the road the the stop signs the markings it actually notes that and feeds that back into the big machine learning uh, engine that they have so the next time you drive your tesla on a road that another tesla has already driven it's going to already know what road it is it's going to already know what potential pitfalls there may be on that road and the car will automatically adjust so I'm totally agreeing with you. And I'm also no, speaking a little 100, 100, bit. Um, I'm speaking a little bit on, on the, the role of machine learning. It really, yeah. really allows companies to dynamically morph their products, to mirror the, the the consumer exactly. And then you have like this very unique customer experience. And once you have a unique customer experience, you become the marketing person for that company you become their ambassador and you go telling everybody how cool this car is and how cool this car knows you. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. And now Tony, we've finished the podcast because you've said everything that I'd want to <laughs> say, but that's, the, no, but that's the essence of it. And I mean, I joke yeah. about it, but whatever we can use different words, dynamic, or whatever you want to say, it, or learning. And I don't even even need to use machine learning. But mm-hmm. the way you explain machine learning was around the fact that we learn from behavior, we update mm-hmm. it automatically. So tomorrow, Tony doesn't even think about it. It's already, mm-hmm. It is already happening. The big challenge is go find any modern business that has a dynamic structure. You'll be mm-hmm. surprised. They're yeah. almost non-existent. And even though, that's why I say that this is a complicated discussion. Even though the reason I asked you where you spend your time and you're no different than most modern guys. It's because they're doing the Tesla thing. Yeah. Simply doing the Tesla thing. And for me, so when IDX was born, our real aspiration, and ultimately, we do want to get into platform play ourselves. Our real aspiration is to wake up people to the dynamism mm. of human behavior. It's not complicated. The thing is that I, I have. We're very clear about our purpose we don't, we're not clear about the product. The product is going to evolve. I mean, we have offerings now and we're not, we don't live and die by them. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I learned with Retro last year is that every single engagement, like the Tesla car, and I hate to paraphrase and use that example, taught me something different. So by December, it had become the accumulated learnings of all the engagements I had with modern businesses. And, you know, I'm a very passionate guy. So I ended up being very privileged to be in a lot of rooms with both boards, board, board, board presentations and exco presentations. And like the Tesla car, the accumulated learning of all those was to the fact that if you don't focus on culture, you will never push the technology evolution. And it was like the Tesla car because the learnings were just incredible. They were all the same. It was like Mm -hmm. magic. It's like every year, every night I'll download based on conversations with all these guys. And I like that analogy, Tony, and I'll borrow it for presentations. And it's not so much about borrowing it for presentations. Like how do you find a real way to make it real? Because it became clear that you, your limitation or our limitation to end up being a Tesla or Google or Facebook has nothing to do with technology. We actually all have access to the same technology tools. It has everything to do with the ability to have a dynamic organization, to be open enough to learn from yesterday and actually Mm -hmm. just change the product or the offering. Mm -hmm. If you go to a traditional business, the reason why it is impossible or very difficult for them to do it is that the business is not built around dynamism. It's built, the the core, the structure, the cement is built around this, a static product offering. So even when the customer data is downloaded like Tesla and of course they don't download it well, there's no ability to change. Because for mm-hmm. them, in their strategy is I'm going to go and sell Tony this headset, it looks like this. And my target is to sell him this headset for the next five years. When Tony tells you that no, actually, the sound output or put in an equalizer or do this, they don't have an ability to listen to that. Yeah. The Tesla car example is the most perfect one because if you have an ability to listen to Tony, guess what happens? Exactly like you say, Tony's like, oh my God, this product is incredible. You don't need a thousand marketing people. He's hashtag trending. You guys need to have this. And what happens is that Edgar downloads that or buys that headset or whatever it is. And he doesn't even have to talk to Tony. He also gives his own feedback and the headset mirrors his experience. And he starts mm-hmm. to tell other people. The modern business was not built for innovation and agility. The thing you talked about, Tesla, is really the foundation of the change in businesses. They were built for efficiency and compliance. Getting them to be able to download data and change is the only thing they need to do. And yet it's the hardest thing in the world because people have tied their lives to the job description, not to the customer experience. Until you can change that, Tony, I'm sorry to do this and I'm not a futurist because I hate that word, it's abused and nobody can dictate the future. But the trends are clear. 90 to 95 of the modern businesses have to die. And size is not a thing. You look at the South African market, look everywhere in the world. Guys with, with, with the top lines, and it's all simple things. They, have, they just simply don't have agility, which is also why it's the oxymoron of life because the small companies are the ones that are going to become the big ones until they become the structural monster. Because to your point of downloading, cool cabs that takes my son or picks up my son from school has the ability to download the fact that my son is no longer going to school people are actually buying products and they can write to me and say you know what since you can't pick up your son we can Mm -hmm. go do shopping for you yeah F- F&B don't have that dynamism because they're a big monster and it would have to be approved by the board and then, but no, it's not this guy's strategy. No, but the VP didn't agree, but we have to come back next week. But how can this be? It's not in my KPI. No, but now this guy wants to take my job. The noise between just downloading the software and pivoting is high.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're in the yeah, business, I totally Tony, understood, yeah. mm-hmm. how much downloading are you actually doing? Because you gave me the perfect example. When you asked me about IDX product, I have mm-hmm. an idea of offerings. I just simply keep downloading. When yeah. people tell me this offering doesn't make sense to us, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And part of our offerings to answer your question is that, yes, we do have different products. We do want to offer cultural transformation sessions. We do want to build platforms and we're doing this with one or two clients. I can't share the details, but ultimately we want to help businesses transform. That is a short template because without businesses having cultural transformation, nobody's going to pay you for the software. They're going mm-hmm. to give you every reason in the book why they don't need to transform. And before they wake up, they're already dead. And the CEO is crying in front of everybody how he didn't know how things went wrong.
1: Can you elaborate a little bit on what you uh, define as cultural transformation?
0: It's basically, literally throwing away the rule book and just plugging in software and start downloading every day and learning. It's literally that. You know, when we talk about purpose, so let me, let me clarify that. I know that just that's a little bit bullish, but when I talk about purpose, if you in the modern era want to be successful, and I'll, I'll use the Tesla example because you've given it so it's easier for you guys who listen to this to come back to it. You have to have the willingness to basically learn from the experience that went on the day before, download that and change to that for the next day. Which means that you have to have the willingness to literally throw out the script from yesterday and change tomorrow. The real reality is that as much as we can trivialize that, it's not that easy, Tony. We go through lives with certain set of programming, like the program or the software written in our school system, our cultural bringing, the KPIs, how they recognize has hard-coded a mindset view in us. So mm-hmm. you know we recognize people not because of the fact that they've added value today, because of mm-hmm. the fact that they have this title, they have a PhD., or they have a yeah. master's, or they did this. We recognize people not because the guy is super smart, like Tony and has a great idea because he's chief marketing officer of F&B, yeah. so he must be smart. And that's yeah. stuff that has been hard-coded in us over years. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we shouldn't trivialize that. Don't trivialize the fact that society has hard-coded us to have a mindset that recognizes these things because it was necessary when we didn't have to download. If you think about, you give the test example, if, if you think pre-internet era, businesses didn't have to exist like the Googles. They had a very, in, in the economics of scarcity, your product was absolutely needed by the market. In fact, you needed less thinking. The moment mm-hmm. you deliver, developed a product that was needed in society, what was most important is how efficiently you could deliver that to society. Not some Tony starting to tell you that, you know at this box, why don't you staple it differently? No, I have to push out a million boxes. They yeah. need my box. Yeah. Now society has 10,000 boxes. So the mm-hmm. difference is they don't necessarily need your box. Your box needs to speak to Tony. Society was built for the, the factory era where we didn't need to change. We needed to be robotic in my own process. The internet started to change that. It started to give you an ability to have choice. Now we do need to change, but we are still hard coded like the factory. We're mm-hmm. literally hard coded like a modern day factory, which, is, which brings me back to the way you started the question. If you cannot un- remove the hard code or remove the coding, for lack of a better word, if you can't download new software into Tony's head, you're not going to get that agility of a Tesla. So stop going out there and telling Tony, here's a cloud platform. Tony, who is the CMO of f knows that these are the five products I have to sell. And if my KPIs are wrong, I'm going to fire Edgar and get another guy to sell these five products. What the, F&B of CMO, or the CMO of f of needs is new software. And the way you download that software is culture. And that conversation, unfortunately, I don't have all the answers. It's so bloody yeah. hard. But if you don't download that software, you're wasting your time. Because he's, he's not hating it on He's hard-coded <laughs> to think about his product.
1: Yeah, and I, and I know you're using analogies by referring to a company such as FNB, uh, but if we draw that analogy a little bit more, and let's talk about FNB. And FNB is a has, pretty
0: cool digital company. Yeah. Exactly. Continue, so yes. so they they have marketed so themselves. Them. Yes.
1: No, yes. well. I think it's actually very apt that you're using them. So FNB has marketed itself as a digital bank, and probably South Africa's first digital bank, and they still. Pride themselves as such. Um, myself being in the software engineering space, I'm aware of, you know, the fact that FNB has a bunch of software engineers who write software for their platforms. So are they not a good example of a cultural transformation as well as digital transformation?
0: So I think first, before I answer that question, let's be clear. In this podcast, Tony, totally, we're just using analogies. We are not, yes, we don't yes, know definitely. the strategic setup of companies. I don't really want to answer that question deeply because if I give you my honest opinion, it might look like I am poking holes into f strategy. What yes. I want to say on a holistic level is that I think for me, I talk about f a lot in a lot of my presentations because from a holistic perspective, they're the best example I, I can see in South Africa of being a true platform player. From a reality of your structural setup, because I also bank with them, they still also have the challenges of having a structural organization limitation. And I'll give you a small example. Their digital experience is super incredible, but sometimes you want to change a product, they'll still send you a form to fill. Now I do know that it's not the policy of the CA for for such things to happen. And I know he has been very tough on a lot of his guys about removing paper, but I know it's just the result of the structural setup. So at some point they were not fully a digital bank. They've obviously grown their offerings to a long time. They obviously now need to grow their culture you know, and, mm-hmm. and simplify their structures to mirror their, their, their offerings. There are so many things on the F&B platform, actually, that most people don't even know. And I think mm-hmm. it's because they don't really have the ability to fully leverage their true platform play because of their structures. They still see themselves, and, and I mean this from my opinion, not what f sees, they still see themselves, and I feel a lot of the structures still see themselves as a bank. They're actually mm-hmm. a platform. Mm-hmm. They have so many amazing things you can do on that app, by the way, you know, and they can pay me to market them. And yesterday we were having a whole conversation because NetBank has launched AVO or is launching this AVO, this whole thing. And I was talking about how the platform journey needs to be a lot more staggered rather than noise with so many things. And I gave mm-hmm. a typical example, which might not be on the positive side, that even F&B already has so many things in their platform that half of their customers don't know. Because they're not being, I believe, my opinion is that they're not being deliberate about all those things because to a large extent, their structure is still predicated like around core banking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: f b is not a bank, in my opinion. They're a mm-hmm. digital platform. And I think, in my opinion, f b has an opportunity to completely disrupt not only the, just all the banks around them, but so yeah. many traditional businesses. Because there's so many things in that app, and I like to use the word platform, that are mm-hmm. so simple in your life and add so much value. Small example, last year, card disc uh, expires. Yeah. As, you know, My wife is so sweet. So we suddenly realized that, you know what, actually there's an option in the F&B app to renew yeah. your card disk license. Simple thing, go scan your card disk license through the app, yeah. through in, in Navigate Card, there's, an, there's a function there, scans your license, this brings up the, 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 the information, tells you the expiry date, blah, 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 because obviously it's pulled the data. Uh, then says, just renew. You click renew, takes you through a couple of steps, you pay, and the disk is sent to you in two weeks, uh, two weeks or 10 days, I can't remember. Simple. Yeah. It's all done through the app and suddenly takes away the fact that you need to go to the post office or talk to your car dealership, etc. How many yeah. South Africans actually know that they can do that? Yeah, yeah. And if they aggregate all the things that they have in their platform that simplify and ease your life, you would find yourself waking up spending more time on the F&B platform, the same way you spend time on WhatsApp and Google. Yeah. It's just for me, I feel that it's the noise of the structure around them that don't really allow them to see their full potential. Because that structure, Tony, we need to break. We need to download new software and let businesses know that you're not defined by your core. You're defined by your ability to download software like the Tesla car and be agile and continuously solve different problems every day.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe just to add to that. One of the things that I've learned in my career and what I see in my experience, um, I've worked for software companies where the, the entire DNA of the company is, we are a software company. In South Africa, yeah. those are very small companies with 20 staff. You're lucky if you have more than a hundred staff in a purely software yes, company. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yes, yes. Um, But... I'm going to just say it digital transformation, or rather, let me define digital transformation on behalf of companies who are seeking digital transformation. And what they are saying is, how can I be more like Google, or Facebook, or WhatsApp, or Netflix, right? It is truly about letting go of the old entirely. And then uh, taking the lessons from the previous business yes, in order to yes, draw yes, to create yes. a new business but yes. but for me digital transformation means that you cannot hang on to the past um, on yes. one of the problems that that the the, yes. the companies who are seeking digital transformation is that they are still hanging on to their previous lines of revenue 100%. and they're not trying to they're not trying to See themselves as software companies.
0: No, hundred percent. I mean, when when Sachin Adela says every company will be a tech company, or when you hear these things, there's no option to that. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like you said. You know, you need technology in order to fully digital transform it. But like you said, and you spoke to the heart of the matter. Now, I'll only add a little bit to what you said because that's where it becomes complicated. So when you asked me about the transition and when I talked to you about the fact that a lot of my learnings last year moved all away from technology, but sim- mm-hmm. simplicity to letting go. Because it became clear that the big elephant in the room for all these guys that have great ideas and an inability to execute on them is the, is the human aspect uh, and both either egos, fear, power and control of letting go. And this is the thing about letting go, and this is why you hear Mark and I talk about purpose. So when when if we go back to how we started the podcast, let me be very transparent, Tony. I didn't just give up the Ericsson journey in one day. It was two years of brutal emotional struggle. And of course, not every day was a really bad day. But the letting go was hard. Why? Because And now making it personal and it will come back to the full letting go. Why? Because I was as human. I had done well in my career. I had gone into the executive program. I had got the deputy CEO as my mentor. I had had the head of HR telling me that I am one of the three people that can be the CEO of this company in the next two to three years. All those things were things that I wanted because I'm human. I wanted that recognition. I wanted stuff. And when it became clear or when the, the challenges or the, the reconciles had to become clear. It was so hard to let go. I won't lie to you. I didn't, there's not, there's no magic switch. There's no, Edgar didn't just wake up and start talking about digital transformation or start being this guy. There was absolutely no magic switch. There was two years of trauma. Mm-hmm. And of course I wasn't, I wasn't. Those two years of really emotional struggle and of course, emotional struggle didn't mean that for two years, every single day or every second of every day I was in trouble, but it was struggle. And a lot of that to bear the tone was because I, I couldn't reconcile it then, but now I can speak openly about it, was because I didn't want to let go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do all these things, but I also still wanted that journey, that sexy journey of Ericsson. I didn't want to mm-hmm. let go. That it took so much emotional energy to understand mm-hmm. that letting go was actually more important than trying to aspire for this because it was in letting go that all the possibilities would come sorry please come
1: yes yes so i mean i'm talking about letting go would you say that it was a personal journey of relinquishing yourself of your ego
0: yeah it was a personal journey to figure out what is the most important thing which is purpose let's we should talk a little bit of about purpose before we go yes please yeah it was about discovering edgar's purpose Mm-hmm. You know, the, the biggest and most successful companies in the world are extremely purposeful. And this is the one thing that links the, puts the, you know, where the rubber meets the road. The companies that can truly let go have a deep sense of purpose. Why, Tony? Because go listen to Simon Sinek and he's all over LinkedIn now. And everyone has probably heard of Sinek when he talks about the why and finding mm-hmm. the why. Businesses have to be clear about their why, and their why is not the product that they sell. Their mm-hmm. why is that like, why, why is F&B here? Or why does Microsoft exist? And like Mark Zuckerberg will tell you, I created Facebook because, simply because I wanted communities to engage. He didn't create it because he wanted to be a billion dollar company. Of course, mm-hmm. along the way, it scaled. Because when companies are clear about their why, and it is the guiding, it is the North Star, it is easier to change the what, which is the product, and the how, which is the process. Mm -hmm. If you don't have clarity on the why, you start to define yourself by both your product and process. And so stupid things like KPIs come in, monthly targets, quarterly targets. So you don't have the ability to let go. You hire all the cool guys, you hire McKinsey, you hire Accenture, you get consultants, you buy cloud platforms that fail, you fire people, you bring new software developers, you create five apps. It's not about any of that stuff. It's just being clear why are we here and if this is why we're here is is x and in order for us to take us forward we can throw out all this what and how and recreate a new what and how that letting go of netflix as simplistic as it is is the hardest thing in modern life and business Mm -hmm. and why is it hard tony because modern life and business taught us to define ourselves by all these sexy titles So let's define ourselves by all these degrees that we have. All that stuff you have to let go. And I'm going to be very clear about this. And until at a personal level and even at an institutional level, and that's why I love the Netflix example, you can reconcile. And and by the letting go, by the way, it doesn't mean that you're not proud of the past. It doesn't mean that there are no lessons from the past. Like you said, well, you take the learnings and move on. It doesn't mean that all those things are not important. It only means that they don't define tomorrow. And you're evolving. Yes, exactly. It only means you're evolving. It only means they were great. They drove me here, but they're not going to take me tomorrow. And I just need to take what I can from it and continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. If you can do that, and this is where the culture comes in and the purpose, because even as IDX, I was just in a call with a bank before I was with you. And I was like, I'll be very clear. The way I try to help you has nothing to do with your typical consulting. There's not, I'm not yet to give you a 10-point plan to success. The only thing I want to do with you is over the next two months is to work with you and trigger enough questions in your mind until you can understand what is the most important thing. And at some point, it's going to start to help you let go of the past. Or your old product or your old setup. When you get to that point, you don't need any consultant in the world. You do not need anybody. The clarity is enough to redefine your journey. 95% of the businesses fail to get to that Netflix moment because it is so hard. It Mm -hmm. takes... It takes, you know what letting go means. It takes giving up. It takes waking up and uh, and saying, that's why I don't like to talk about myself. And, when, and I really mean it because there's a lot of things I've worked on in the last 18 months of my journey on the humility part. And why? Because to your point of letting go, the only thing that's important for me is, is my purpose. How I execute on it is going to... Change a million times over, which means that I have to get over what I did yesterday at some point. And the only way I can be, I can get my ego out of the way, because I'm human, Tony, by the way, don't get mm-hmm. this wrong, is if I, if I can stay grounded, which is why when you start talking about yourself, you start talking about successes, you start to get carried away, your ego becomes a big elephant in the room. You need to squash that thing, Tony,
1: <laughs> because
0: the day you can, and a mm-hmm. business, the day you can, you can have a Netflix moment. Mm-hmm. Now, summarizing, cultural transformation must be built around purpose. Purpose gives us the boundaryless thinking, the ability to stop defining ourselves by job titles, careers, It defines. It allows us to start defining by ourselves, by the things that we really want to do most in life, by our passions, by our gifts, our values. What is it we really want to get out of this? And those are the questions Netflix must have asked. Why do we exist? We're not a DVD stuff. Maybe we exist to get people content. So if we do that, and now they're online, we can kill all these DVD shops and start streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if you don't ask those deep questions, Tony, you're wasting time. You're just going to hire, it's going to be a round around stuff. Uh, And it's going to be futile because you're not going to let go. Letting go is where it comes. And, you know, if, if we discuss anything in the podcast, if you take anything away of this, is the biggest struggle I have right now in discussions and engagements with companies is talking about that cultural journey where you can literally let go of the past. And that's why it starts to become philosophical because they're like, ah, this guy is here talking to us about all this stuff. We want, we want, we want, tell us what we need to do for our business. Should we get a platform? Should we do blah, blah, blah? No, stop it. Just breathe. Take it in. It's great. You're Tony. You have five PhDs. That's awesome. You know, you're a top 10 in the last year. That's okay. Cool. But the question is, you know, what is it that you want to achieve tomorrow? And how much are you willing to let go of that? Wow. And when you, when you start to go on the purpose journey, Tony, it makes it easier. It doesn't make it, it doesn't mean that it's not an emotional struggle. And I like to be transparent because when people, I get to do a lot of keynotes. Now, when people ask me questions, one of the really important questions, I'm like, by the way, don't think that you see a guy being passionate about as a Superman. Our days, I couldn't get out of the shower because you really, literally, you really, really, really are refusing to reconcile that your heart is telling you that, You need to give up that CEO push. (laughs) You need to give up that sexy head of IOT role. And you need to follow your heart. And your mind is telling you, Edgar, this is Ericsson. It's one of the coolest technology companies in the world. You have a great business card. You walk into rooms and people will give you because you're head of IOT. It's like, you know, and that reconciliation, that struggle was not easy, Tony.
1: Mm. The
0: tipping point happened in 2017. 2018, it started to happen. And our purpose drives me. And the one last thing I want to say on this, Tony, before we go into the next question is that don't think that purpose means that you stop being human. Purpose just means that you have much more clarity to deal with transitions. Mm -hmm. It means that you have the ability to do transitions better. I still hurt. I still cry. I still have moments when I think about stuff. It's just that those days when it would take me two years, now it takes me a day or a couple of hours. And then I can reconcile the transition and move on. When you get there as a human being, you'll really, really get to the point where you can create a Netflix.
1: That's brilliant. Wow. So in closing, you touched on a few things. And I really like that you touched on the grounding that you get from your family, your community, which I think is very important, right? That we are not islands. And I see that some of the greatest people are people who also have a partner who complements them in ways that allows them to have purpose and i don't think that you would have been in the same space of self-discovery and self-actualization if you did not have uh, a, a broader sense a broader lens to look at yourself yeah. through no. and and having 100%. people around you who can actually support you and who can actually mirror questions that you probably had back to you probably uh, i believe is what helps gives you uh, a great sense no, of actualization
0: no, no, Yeah, I mean, and and it's a good way to close because probably it's the most important. You know, the purpose journey is linked very much to values. And even Richard Leider used to talk to us about the fact that, look, when you're struggling with your purpose, the one thing that's going to stand out is your values are going to be clear. Basically, it's going to be clear what you stand for, what you don't stand for, and who you stand against, who you don't stand with, or whatever you want to say. And a lot of it was values. And he said that, Value system is the GPS coordinates for finding your purpose, and and mm-hmm. your value system comes from community and family. Your value system or your grounding comes from the things that people can't see and touch, the love you get at home and community, the examples you get, the support and reassurance you get from family. You know the role models that you see, and many of our role models actually come from parents. Just the things we've observed from them. And what they've done, how they made critical decisions, how they sacrificed for us. Those things, by the way, Tony, 100% are the things, the reason I am where I am today. So I have a lot of aspirations for IDX. I do a lot of things. But I always remember that that grounding was from the simplest things. Also, the fact that my partner, even though we are completely opposite, has the strength to create the environment that reinforces me has the ability to support me, even though we don't always agree on so many things uh, holistically. And it all comes down to family and values. And, and for me, also faith. Um, because, you know, when we talk about letting go, values, purpose, you know, humility and vulnerability are super critical in that journey. I honestly, and I don't mean to offend people who, who this is not a faith-based discussion, but I, a lot of the humility has been comes from, you know, that grace that is a little bit above you because we have big egos, Tony, I'm not different. I've seen how my ego has been humbled over the last few years. Uh, and, and because I have a lot more conscious, I feel it when the moments of egos come in, I'm human. So like yesterday I had a go at some lady who was trying to get us to pay for something so, I mean, the, Edgar doesn't stop being human. It just means that shortly after, like, oh, my God, why did I say this to this lady? I feel like retracting mm-hmm. the email and saying I'm very sorry. But a lot of the groundings of humility and vulnerability, which are super important for the journey of letting go, come from family, come from values, come from faith. Uh, and, you know, these are the things that are more important in your podcast than all the Netflixes of this world, because if you don't have a strong value system, you'll never be able to let go. If you have the ability to let go and care, you'll have the ability to create a great company. So these things don't exist in silos. They're not mutually exclusive. The best leaders in the world are the most purposeful and humble leaders. And and for me, Sachin Adela of Microsoft is a really great example. If you haven't read his book, maybe go read it. If you go check out his CEO letter at the first day, many people see the new Microsoft and Sachin, and they only see the soft-spoken guy, but they don't see the family guy who has had, challenges with his kids and has had to go through the struggles they don't see the guy who really cares about that we really build to solve problems and yes along the way we're going to make billions of dollars but those are the things that are important to me because they're they come from my grounding they come from my journey they come from my family they come from the challenges that i've had with my kids and what i want to give back to society those things tony are everything i would never be able to talk to you about letting go has nothing to do with intellectual capability. It has nothing to do with, like, I'm a Superman. It has everything to do with the fact that I'm just blessed to have the right grounding in terms of family and community. And if you are going to advise leaders and staff, that's where you find your purpose. Go back to your core. That's
1: brilliant. Wow. Uh, I think that's a good place to, to, to end this.
0: Yes. Please, and stop recording so I can tell you about letting go. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you luck uh, on your journey. Uh, you know, I'm very passionate about trying to get people to, now you've brought it out, let go, um, because that's the magic. Brilliant, so thank good you. good luck, mate.
1: Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for, for this really, really inspirational conversation that I've had with you. And, um, yeah. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe on all major platforms. Search Devbox, that is D-E-V-B-O-K-S, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Also find Devbox on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.